Welcome to today's podcast of the adventures of Doc Kunda and Leany in Cave of Evil. Richie Seracy's Fine Art Productions, Homespun Recordings, presents The Adventures of Doc Thomas Kunda and Lini LaFontaine in Cave of Evil, written by Richard Poley, story idea by Richie Seracy, narrated by Pat Botino, with music by Gabriel Roth and the Mirrors. The story and characters portrayed in this play do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, production company, writers, or narrator, and should not be construed or misconstrued in any manner whatsoever. As our story opens, we find ourselves at Doc Kunda's quarters in Kashmir, and we hear Lini say, Doc, you know what day this is, don't you? Well, yes, Lini, it's the eve of the full moon. It's our tantric sex ritual night. I've been thinking of it for a week. Me too. She kisses him and he hugs her. In their bedroom that night, they emerge from the bath wearing red and white silk garments. They light candles and do rhythmic breathing and specific tantric exercise. They anoint each other's chakras and perform various other tantric ritual acts. They unite in the yab-yum position, Lini astrides Doc, who is in the lotus posture. They roll their eyes back and their tongues back. They do various tantric massage and kissing techniques and meditate. Lini now projects astrally. She rises from the physical world, goes through the subtle world of dreamlike images, then through the casual world of abstract ideas, and then enters the spiritual dimension. Outside, the priests and priestesses are doing a ritual dance, slow and erotic, savage and passionate. Their bodies glow with life energy, and at the end of the dance, they pair off to merge together, as Doc and Lini have done. Back inside, Lini's meditation is very deep, with visions of divine lights and cosmic sounds. However, she hears a strange sound, at first soft, then louder. It is the wailing of people who are suffering. The divine light changes into faces of people who are begging for help. 
These faces then fade into that of the divine cosmic mother, Shakti. Shakti tells Doc and Lini, You must help these, my children, who are suffering greatly. Doc and Lini have the vision of an underground cave leading to the bowels of the earth. Demons are emerging from the cave, entering the cave through a broken door and exiting the cave to menace humans on the earth. The vision ends with the image of a powerful, ferocious black man devouring beings. He has a very long tongue. Lini says, Well, did you see all that? Of course. You know I see everything you see. Well, what do you think we should do? Well, we'd better slip into Tibet and visit our guru again. He'll know what to do. If it's all right with you, I'd like to ask him to give us a spiritual tantric ritual and unite us. You know, it's, it's all right with me. Well, maybe we could ask him to teach us more about tantric meditation techniques. I'd like to have these super-conscious experiences every day, not, not just once a month. Good idea. If anyone can teach us to do that, it's Karmapa Shambhava. Traveling through the Himalaya mountains on foot, they see an evil-looking black bird which snarls an evil look and curses on them. A pack of wild dogs appears and chases them. They barely escape by running up a hill and causing a small avalanche. Lini says, Do you know where we are right now, Doc? I know we're close. I lost my bearings when we started running. As Doc sniffs the air, he says, Wait, do you smell it? That, that sweet perfume. It's him. Come on, come on, this way. They come to Karmapa's cave. It is like a door to paradise. Though high in the mountains there is green grass. There is a beautiful tree which grows both fruit and flowers. Next to it is a crystal clear pool of scented water. Doc stands next to the pool and sighs. Oh, what a heavenly smell. Thank goodness we were close enough to pick it up. Lama Karmapa Shambhava emerges from his cave, his countenance beaming peace and illumination. Karmapa says, That was a close call. The forces of evil really tried to keep you from getting here. Oh, we're thankful we made it. Lini and I want to... I know what you want. Divine Mother has chosen you to fight this evil. I'll initiate both of you into the deeper tantric meditation techniques and secret esoteric sciences. Your tantric sexual rites are easier because male and female are opposite halves of one whole. But once you learn tantric meditation, you can practice every day, not just once a month. I want you to bathe in this sacred water first. Doc and Lini bathe in the sacred pool of scented water. They emerge and sit before the Lama, as Karmapa says. Now, to teach you first, it's best to sit in a traditional meditation posture. Your feet should be crossed, and your fingers should be connected also, either intertwined or with the thumb and index finger forming a circle. Lini sits in a full lotus posture, with the fingers of both hands interlaced. Doc sits in the adept's posture, with his hands resting on his knees. 
Karmapa says, Good. The next thing is to curl the tongue comfortably against the upper roof of the mouth. Now, fix the eyeballs looking into your spiritual eye with the eyes closed. Don't let the eyeballs move. This helps keep the mind still. Doc and Lini do as their guru says. Now, as long as we breathe, the mind tends to be active. So we must slow down our breathing to slow down the mind. Breathe in a very slow and deep manner. Breathing out, try to breathe so softly that a feather in front of your nose would not move. Pause as long and as comfortably after each inhalation and exhalation. Stay detached from your thoughts. With each inhalation, you can mentally repeat the syllable hum. And with each exhalation, use the syllable sa. Hum sa is a sacred word meaning spiritual swan. If you see divine lights in your third eye or hear divine sounds inside your body, you can concentrate on them. Otherwise, concentrate on your breathing as I described. Do this for a minimum of one hour each day. Now, arise. Place these rings on your fingers. They activate the sexual chakras to symbolize your tantric union. The three of them enter the cave where Doc and Lini circle a lingam stone three times. The lingam stone then turns into a divine flame as Karmapa says, Very good. Now, I'll give you some special things. This water is so pure it can heal the sick. This herb can bring one of you back from the dead. It must be given by the other and it can only be used once. These ashes can make you invisible. Just rub them into your bodies. You should keep these ashes in a separate pouch, Doc. Lini, you keep the herb with you. Now go and Godspeed. Doc and Lini bow to him and depart. On the way back through the Himalayas, some wild tribesmen in animal skins see Doc and Lini and chase after them. Doc and Lini can't outrun them. They hide behind a tree as Lini says, Doc, quick, get out those ashes. Here, I hope they'll work, Lini. Oh, you know they will. Doc and Lini rub on the ashes and become invisible. The tribesmen are befuddled. Back in the temple in Kashmir, Doc and Lini meditate together. The goddess Shakti appears in a vision and says, Honey, my children, time is running out. I will join you and help you. You will see me in human form as the virgin maiden Uma. The goddess changes to Uma and fades out. Outside the temple, the priest and priestesses bid farewell to Lini and Doc and rain petals of flowers on them as they leave. En route to Egypt, Lini asleep, keeps having a frustrating dream. She sees a cave and tries to move toward it, but the cave always stays out of her reach. We are now at Cairo Airport, 
as a man, Ibn, approaches Doc and Lini. Ibn says, Excuse me, you are Doc Kunda and Lini? Yes. Allow me to welcome you to Egypt. I am Ibn Kador of the Milani Order of Dervishes. Lama Karmapa told me of your arrival. He sent you a telegram? Well, let us say he sent a wireless message from here, touching his third eye, to here as he touches his heart. Well, thank you for coming to meet us. What can you tell us about what's going on here? The poor people of this region are suffering greatly. Marauders from Sudan have come down the Nile in search of treasure. They are worse than demons from hell. They make life miserable for all. They pillage and rape. There is an old blind man with psychic ability to find pieces of treasure. His ability is the only source of income for the desperately poor people who live around the caves. The marauders have captured him and are making him work for them while the poor go hungry. Well, can you take us there? At the cave, they sneak up to the marauder's camp. Doc takes some sleeping powder out of his pouch and throws it on the guards, putting them to sleep. Ibn unties the blind man, and he and Lini lead him away. On the other side of the cave mountain, the blind man shows them a hidden cave. Inside is, is the treasure of Pharaoh Torhotep and his bride Nefritis of the 12th dynasty. I've been using the treasure to feed these poor people. We are very grateful to you for coming to our rescue. Well, we're glad to do it. I want to use some of the treasure to trap the marauders. Then we'll return it to you. Is that all right? Oh, but, but of course. The blind man takes them inside to the treasure. They take some of it as bait for the marauders. A monkey in the cave keeps trying to steal some of it. And Lini laughs at this and tickles him. Outside, they place the treasure where the other marauders can see it and drop nets on them when they arrive. They use the sleeping powder to put the marauders asleep and disarm them. Doc says to the blind man, Okay, you can have the treasure back again. This job is done. We, we, we thank you from, from the bottom of our hearts, but don't you want any of this treasure? Ibn says, spiritual people know that excessive attachment to gold will hold them back on the spiritual path. Use the gold for the good of the poor. The blind man cries, Well, may Allah bless you, as he and his people leave. Doc, Lini, and Ibn enter the cave to try and find the underground passage to the bowels of the earth, but can only travel in circles. There is no cavern like the one in the vision. Lini says, Well, Doc, we're going in circles. This doesn't look like what I saw in my vision. No, there, there haven't been any demons either. Ibn says, I think we ought to sit down and meditate together. Perhaps we'll get some new ideas. The three of them sit and meditate. Lini, opening her eyes, says, I, I realize something now. The cave I saw in my vision wasn't Egyptian at all. It, it must have been Mayan. You're right, Lini. This has been all for nothing, Ibn. Well, don't say that, Doc. You've done a tremendous amount of good for us. 
I think it was meant to be that you came here, and I believe you will be richly blessed for what you have done for us. I'll take you back now to Cairo. En route to Cairo, they stop at a bazaar. They see a mouse merchant, wishing stones for sale, a stone that glows in the dark, which comes from the belly of a Chinese dragon, a powder that changes copper to gold, an intelligent parrot, a weeping image on a deerskin, promiscuous women, belly dancers, and a big, fierce-looking black man Lini had seen in a vision. I... I saw him in the vision. So, we were meant to come here. Ibn replies, His name is Aman Sur. It is good that he is here. He is the mightiest warrior in all of Africa. And he is nearly four thousand years old. In ancient times, the god of old offered him immortality and invincibility as long as he promised to fight only in self-defense. He has kept that promise. In ancient times, he helped defend Ethiopia against invasions by the pharaohs and later the Romans. In the last hundred years alone, he helped defeat two attempted invasions by the Italians. This is our secret. We do not want the rest of the world to know of him. Well, don't worry. We won't say a thing about him. They come to a tea-leaf reader. Ibn cries, I know this woman. She really tells people's fortunes. Oh, well, let's ask her to read my fortune. Lini sits, and the woman reads the leaves and says to Lini, I'm sorry, young lady. The leaves say you will soon die. You should prepare for it. Lini is shocked and saddened, but the woman's servant lowers her veil to reveal that she is Uma and makes the gesture of fearlessness to Lini. Doc and Lini depart for Guatemala. As they leave from the airport, Ibn says goodbye. Farewell, and Allah keep you. Doc and Lini arrive in Guatemala and go to the regions of the Mayan jungle caves. They immediately see that this is the place Lini saw in a vision. People are suffering and dying, their villages by the cave destroyed by the demon. Doc and Lini distribute healing ointments. As Doc says to a villager, Here, let me put this on your wound. The villager replies, Gracias, senor. You are most kind. We need this medicine, but we also need someone to save our leader. These demons from the bowels of hell have captured him, and without his spiritual power and guidance, we are lost. He is our rainmaker. He, he blesses our crops. Where did they take him? Into the cave. You can recognize him by the mark of a triangle on his forehead. At the cave, they see a large mark of a dog's foot on the ground. And Doc says, Look, Lini, you see that? It's the demon sign. Lini sees a kind-looking old man near the cave. She approaches him, smiling. The old man twists his face into a hideous look which causes Lini to die. He carries Lini into the cave. Doc, seeing this, waits until he is gone, then makes himself invisible. He then enters the cave. Inside, Doc finds a large room with Lini laying on an altar slab. 
Teteltec, the Mayan leader, is bound on another altar slab. The demons are preparing to remove Teteltec's heart. Doc enters an adjoining chamber and causes a mock explosion with lots of smoke. The demons go to investigate. Doc returns, becomes invisible, and frees Teteltec, who embraces Doc and says, Thank you, stranger. You came just in time. They were going to remove my heart and put it into the woman's corpse, thereby completing a ritual which would have created a goddess of evil. Please, help me carry her out of here. They take Lini's body to another chamber, where Doc brings her back to life with the sacred herb. The Teltec says, What sort of miracle is this? I can bring rain and heal the sick, but I cannot bring back the dead. Oh, don't worry, neither can I. But there are rare beings who can, and some of them sent us to help you. Can you show me where the demons broke into the cave? Yes, come with me. They go to the point deep in the cave where the demons entered from the bowels of the earth. Doc sets off an explosion which seals off the entrance point. As the three of them try to leave, demons surround them and block their escape. Lini says, Oh, they're, they're too close for us to become invisible. It looks like it's over for us, Doc. Don't say that, Lini. Don't you remember Uma reassuring us? Precisely at this point, Uma appears. She shoots thunderbolts at the demons while flying through the air, destroying all of them. Outside the cave, the Teltec tells Doc and Lini, You have our undying gratitude. Well, we're glad we could be of service. Goodbye. Doc and Lini walk off, arms around each other. The Mayans wave goodbye. Uma's smiling face appears in the clouds. The Adventures of Doc Thomas Kunda and Lini La Fontaine in Cave of Evil comes to you from Fine Art Productions, Homespun Recordings, 67 Maple Street, Newburgh, New York, 12550, 914-561-5866, phone and fax. For more information, call this station or write, including a stamped self-address envelope, fax, or call the production company. All rights reserved. Recorded programs are available in multimedia formats.